Welcome to the Grind It Podcast. You know, life can be such a grind at times, and so we're here sharing God's Word with you to encourage you to keep grinding and to not give up. It's time to grind. So here's the host of the Grind It Podcast, the old school skateboarder himself, Randall Tucker. Welcome to the Grind It Podcast. Today we're going to finish up Luke 16. Uh, this will be wrapping up actually three chapters that w- was all lumped together by Luke and uh, him with him talking about Jesus as Jesus. Uh, this set up in Luke 14, 15, and 16, the context of these three chapters. And it started with Jesus being invited to a Pharisee's home for a meal. And Jesus used this opportunity to try to teach the Pharisees that they're supposed to be the example of God before he showed up. And they did a very poor job. In fact, he says, you've done the opposite thing. Um, He says, you're basically, you show no humility. You're greedy. You're selfish. You're all these things that God is not. And people are looking to you for godly examples and you're not showing them godly examples and 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 so Jesus takes this opportunity to help teach the Pharisees but also to teach his disciples as well and in Luke 16 in the last podcast uh, we we started with uh, the the parable of the the shrewd manager and in this parable it's about the Pharisees and how they have taken the assets and the blessings that God has given them, and they've basically just hoarded it up for themselves, and and they they have shunned the poor, they have shunned the needy, they don't want to have anything to do with these people that that they are supposed to be helping. They're they're just ignoring them and 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 not doing anything to help them, and but yet they want the praise from the people, but they don't want to help the people, and 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 Jesus is saying in this parable uh, of the shrewd manager uh, that. They have wasted God's energy, time, and resources, and 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 now they're being held accountable uh, for their actions, and they don't like it. And then that's at the end of the parable. Jesus tells them, or he's telling his disciples, he says, uh, "You cannot serve God and be enslaved to wealth, riches, and money, and power, and and in the and the." Uh, the Pharisees who were there heard Jesus say this, and and they were not happy with Jesus. You know, many times the Pharisees would try to kill Jesus. They would pick up stones to stone him, and he would escape from them. They, they hated this guy. Uh, when they would have him over for meals, uh, they were they were n- not inviting him over to get to know him for a good thing. They're 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 inviting him over so they can study him and and, and try to figure out. A little crack that they can accuse him of that that shows that he is not God, but they couldn't do that because he is God. He was God. He's God in the flesh, and he is showing the heart of God in which they should have been doing. They were doing a poor job, and Jesus lets them know that they're doing a poor job, and therefore he's calling them out over and over again. And he tells them in, here in Luke 16, he says, you're, you're doing all this for an outward show. And if our Christianity, if our relationship with Jesus, if we're all in it for show, we're in it for the wrong thing. If we're out here sharing Jesus and telling people about Jesus just to look good in front of people, to 
make people think that you know we're the, just this great thing or whatever. Uh, th- that's definitely the wrong reasons, and that's exactly what the Pharisees were doing. And they're getting called out here, and, and they don't like it. And and hopefully, first of all, if you are sharing Jesus and you're showing Jesus to people, I want to say thank you. But please be doing it with the right motives and be doing it from the heart of a servant or the heart of God because Jesus lives inside of, of you and, and, and lives inside of me. It's like uh, what, what Paul said. Uh, he said, the love of Christ compels me. In other words, the reason why I do what I do is because of the love of Christ and what Jesus has done for me. So I can't help but to serve and to share. And, and, and I hope and pray that that is our attitude as to why we follow Christ and we share Christ. And we're not like the Pharisees doing it for monetary gain so we can get rich or we can get power, we can get fame. Because, I mean, that, that's that's worldly. That's what the world wants today. That's people, um, they you know, the with Instagram and, 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 and YouTube and uh, social all the social medias of TikTok, you know, you can get your five seconds of fame or your 15 seconds of fame or 10 minutes of fame, whatever it is. Um, but it comes just as fast as it goes. And if, and if that is our desire is to, to, you know, be world famous or, you know, be world known, then we're, we're doing this for the wrong reasons. And, and but if we're doing it for we want to share people uh, we want to share Jesus with people because we love Jesus and what he's done for us and we want them to have the hope and we want them to have the opportunity to go to heaven that we do then we're doing it for the right reasons and so today we're going to take a look at the parable of the rich man and Lazarus and it's found in Luke 16 verses 19 through 31 and again we're going to see in this parable that Jesus is talking about the Pharisees. And and this is going to wrap up these parables that Jesus has been focusing on the Pharisees. In in, in Luke 15, we looked at uh, um, the the parable of the lost sheep. We looked at the parable of the lost coin. Both of those are very similar. So one was with animals and one's with money, which gets the Pharisees' attention because they, they Jesus even says they loved money. And and then we looked at the prodigal son. All three of those Parables are taken out of context many times and be, and are preached from the pulpit, but put in their right context, those three parables and these two here in Luke 16 are actually talking about the Pharisees. And, and, and it's no different with the parable of the rich man and Lazarus. And let's get into that. It's going to be a little bit of a reading, so just bear with me here just for a minute, and we'll talk about it. Jesus said there was a certain rich man who was splendidly clothed in purple and fine linen and who lived each day in luxury. So that right there tells you right off the bat it's about the Pharisees. He talks about him being uh, this guy being splendidly clothed in purple, and he, there he's, which is an expensive clo- uh, clothing, and he's dressed in fine linen, and they're living each day in luxury. At his gate lay a poor man named Lazarus who was covered with sores. As Lazarus lay there longing for scraps from the rich man's table, the dogs would come and lick his open sores. So right there in the open paragraph, we have a rich man and we have a poor man. The the uh, in, in in Luke, in Luke 15, it starts off with uh, Jesus, with the Pharisees having a beef with Jesus because of the people who he hangs around with, the poor, uh, the lame, the blind, uh, lepers, uh, people who had demons cast out of them. You know, it, it, the, the Pharisees would not have anything to do with these people. 
And 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 so right right here in this opening paragraph, you have a rich man and you have a poor man. So Jesus is is he's taking a, a sucker punch, really not a sucker punch. He's just slapping them right in the face, really, uh, to these Pharisees. And 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 so he says the poor man, his name's Lazarus, and he's laying there. He's longing for the scraps from the rich man's table. And the, while he's doing this, the dogs would come and lick his open sores. Finally, the poor man died and was carried by the angels to sit beside Abraham at the heavenly banquet. And the rich man also died and was buried. So both men die, right? And he went to the place of the dead. There in torment, the rich man, he saw Abraham in far distance with Lazarus at his side. And the rich man shouted. So there's a chasm in between them, but they can still see each other and, and they can talk to each other, right? So the rich man shouts, Father Abraham, have some pity. Send Lazarus over here to dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue. I am in anguish in these flames. But Abraham said to him, Son, remember that during your lifetime you had everything you wanted, and Lazarus had nothing. And so now he, and remember, he was begging. He was begging from scraps, just for some scraps from your table, and you ignored him. You never, you, he sat at your gate on a daily basis, and you never helped him. And now you're begging for help, is what Abraham is saying here. And he's begging for pity. He just wants uh, Lazarus to dip his finger in a cup in, in, in water and, and just drip a few drips of water onto his tongue because he is in anguish in the flames of hell. But Abraham said to him, Son, remember that during your lifetime, you had everything you wanted, and Lazarus had nothing. So now he is here being comforted, and you are in anguish. And besides, there is a great chasm separating us. No one can cross over to you from here, and no one can cross over to us from there. And then the rich man said, Please, Father Abraham, at least send him to my father's home, for I have five brothers, and I want him to warn them so they don't end up in this place of torment. So in other words, uh, send... send, uh, send uh, Lazarus back to life again so he can warn my brothers. And listen to what he's going to say. Abraham says, Moses and the prophets have warned them. So, you know, because they're he's talking about Jews here. So the Jews would be familiar with the law. They would be familiar. And that's why he's talking about with Moses. And then he, he, he says, uh, the prophets have warned them. So uh, he's saying they have the law and they have the prophets. And he says, your brothers can read what they wrote. And the rich man replied, no, Father Abraham, but if someone is is sent to them from the dead, then they will repent of their sins and turn to God. That's very interesting. And we'll talk about that here in just a little bit. But Abraham said, if they won't listen to Moses and the prophets, they won't be persuaded. Listen to this. Even if someone rises from the dead. And Jesus did rise from the dead, and they rejected Jesus over and over again, even after he was risen from the grave on the third day, and he hung around for 40 days. The Pharisees, most of them, not all of them, because we know Joseph of Arimathea was converted to to follow Jesus, and Nicodemus was converted to follow Jesus. That's the only two that we know of. Maybe there were others. I hope there were. Well, and also Saul, who became Paul, when Jesus knocked him off his horse when he was persecuting the Christians in Acts chapter 8. He also was a Pharisee. So actually, we, we know of at least three Pharisees that were converted to Jesus and became Christians and followed Jesus. So, But listen to how Jesus starts this parable. He says, There was a certain rich man who was splendid, clo- splendidly clothed in purple and fine linen, 
who lived each day in luxury. If you had money, you wore purple because you wanted people to know that you were rich. That's what the, I mean, that that was the expensive clothing in in this day and time. And so uh, this rich man was dressed in purple because he wanted people to know uh, that he had money, that he was rich. And and but this shows us that it's aimed at the Pharisees because of the way they dress and how they lived. The Pharisees dressed to be recognized. They they would wear um, and this comes from Deuteronomy six. Um, they would wear phylacteries on their on their forearms and on their on their on their wrists and on their foreheads. And the bigger the the phylacteries, just a little box that had Bible scriptures in it. And the bigger the box, the bigger the phylactery. The smarter they were, the more scriptures that they knew. And it, it, again, it was outward show. They wanted people to see uh, how close to God, if you will, that they were. And so they would wear these phylacteries on their wrists and, 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 and they would wear fancy robes. And, and Jesus says that when, he's, when he is slamming them in Matthew 23, he, he's, giving, he's pronouncing these woes on the Pharisees. He says, you wear these fancy robes with extra long tassels to be noticed. And, and then on the flip side, we have God in the flesh, the Messiah, whom they've been studying about and, and teaching about for a long time. They should recognize who he is because of the scriptures, the Old Testament scriptures, but they don't because Jesus, just, it, he, he, he fit the, the scriptures, but he didn't fit their interpretation of who the Messiah would be. They were looking for some king who was going to sit on, literally sit on the throne of David, and he was just going to whip the Romans' tails, and he was going to be a man of power, and he was going to be a rich man, and he would, he, he would. They're, they're picturing more of a king in, in their mind, and yet Jesus shows up, born in a manger. He's uh, basically a homeless nomad, and he's wandering around the countryside, and he dresses like your ordinary, everyday, average dude. He, he, he's, he's nothing to look at. He, he just looks like a normal man. He, he dresses like these, these poor people that the Pharisees have nothing to do with. And, and they're thinking, there's no way this dude is from God. There's no way this guy is the Messiah. Because if he was truly from God, he wouldn't be hanging around the people that he's hanging around. But yet, Jesus is telling them in these parables, this is the, the very thing that I come to do, was to die for these lost sheep, to die for this lost coin, so that they could be found, to, to die for this prodigal who wandered away, and, 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 and to show forgiveness when he comes home, and, and we throw the parties, and we're showing uh, humility, we're showing grace, we're showing mercy, something that you Pharisees are not doing, and you should be doing. And so, you know, a question that I have for us is, are we showing grace and mercy like Jesus? And are we doing it for the right reasons? Are we, are we letting it flow from the heart? Or, you know, because God dwells inside of us through the power of the Holy Spirit. And if we have the heart of God, it will come naturally to show grace, mercy, compassion upon people and not look down upon people like the Pharisees did, you know. Uh, that bum on the street, that, that homeless person, uh, the people who don't agree with how you uh, live. Maybe you know, maybe they're confused in their minds on if they're a, a man or a woman and they don't know their gender. They or Here lately I heard of somebody who, um, where a teacher got fired because they, they refused to, 
to say that uh, this person identified as a cat and, and the teacher refused to uh, to respond to this person like a cat. And so the teacher ends up getting fired. I mean, come on. But uh, uh, people who are lost and undone without Jesus and fill in the blank with, we all have struggles. We all sin. You know, I sin different than you sin. You sin different than I sin. And, and, and so we're not judging like the Pharisees did. We're showing grace and mercy and compassion. And we're not being picky on who we share that with. We're, we're, we're not categorizing people and, and you know how we put people in certain categories and if they fit in a certain category, we don't have we don't deal with that. We don't we don't mess with those kind of people. But that but Jesus would. And that's what Jesus did. And that's the problem that the Pharisees had with Jesus. And and that's what he's showing them in this parable. He says this 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 poor man was sitting at the gate and the rich man would just ignore his cries for help. He would ignore, ignore his cries for just scraps from his table. His animals would eat better than this poor man. But yet, the poor man had God. And, and, and the rich man didn't. The rich man was selfish. The poor man, was uh, he had humbled himself and, and was faithful to God. And now he is sitting in heaven with Abraham. Or this In this case, it's Abraham's bosom. But he's sitting there with Abraham, and he's got the best of food and, and the best of drink, and and he's hanging out with all these people, all these prophets, and, and from the Old Testament, and and the rich man who was living life to the fullest is now suffering in eternal torment and flames, and he's just begging the poor man to dip his finger in a cup of water and drip a few drops of water onto his tongue, and so Jesus says. To us and to these Pharisees, but to us today, that we are to show the heart of God, that we are to be like Jesus and, and show grace, mercy, and compassion. So uh, on the flip side of the rich man, uh, we have uh, the poor man who uh, Jesus says his name was Lazarus. And Jesus says at, the, at his gate lay a poor man named Lazarus, who was covered with sores. As Lazarus lay there longing for scraps from the rich man's table, the dogs would come and lick his open sores. I mean, th that is just a nasty picture. Um, this guy couldn't afford to buy any food, and, and, and he didn't have a job, and, and maybe he was in poor health or whatever and couldn't work. And, and he desired, literally desired, the scraps that were meant for dogs and, and and the dogs probably that ate the scraps from the, 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 the rich man's table were the dogs that were coming along and, and, and licking the sores that were on Lazarus's body as he laid there wishing that he could just have some food right now because he's hungry. And, and it's, a, it, it, it's, a, it's a nasty picture that Jesus is painting for these Pharisees and for his disciples. But you know, I see it all the time on my, on my route. I see stuff like this all the time. Um, if, if you were to ride with me, um, um, I, I'm, I'm in one of the poorest areas of Knoxville, Tennessee, and, and drugs are everywhere, homeless are everywhere, uh, just so much. It, it would just blow your mind if you would just ride with me on, on, on a, on a uh, say, like a Tuesday because that's when I go deep into to that neighborhood. And the things that, that, that we would see, you, you would just be like, how do people 
live this way. And it, 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 I'm telling you, it's literally mind-blowing. And, 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 but the, here is a man who was living that way, who, who, who was sitting at the, 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 the gate of this rich man who was being ignored by the rich man, and he had nothing. And the rich man had everything. But when they died, everything was turned around. It was flip-flop. The poor man had everything because he was carried by the angels into Abraham's bosom with Abraham and all the people of the Old Testament. And the rich man went to the place of the dead. And, and, and Jesus said there's a distinct separation. The poor man got to sit beside Abraham at the heavenly banquet with all of its delicious food that he's going to be eating for eternity. But the rich man, well, he's the one that will be begging for eternity in, in torment. And in fact, like uh, I've already mentioned several times, but he begs Abraham to touch his tongue with just a drop of water to quench the, the anguish of the flames. And I want to say this uh, for a few minutes. I want to talk about a place called hell because a lot of people, they don't believe that hell exists. They don't. They just think it's a metaphor because uh, Jesus would compare hell to a place called Gehenna in, 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 in Jerusalem. And Gehenna was basically the garbage dump. And, 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 and so a lot of people think that it's just a metaphor and that, and that hell doesn't really exist. And, and, and I just want to say this. You can choose not to believe that hell exists, but that does not mean that hell does not exist Hell does exist. Hell is a real place. And, and I'm going to share just a few Bible verses to prove it. Uh, and Because Jesus, he talked about hell a lot. And the Bible talks about hell a lot. But just I'm going to give you, here's four verses. Just four. And there's a whole lot more. But in Matthew 25, 41, Jesus says, The king will, re will turn to those on the left. He, this is when he is, uh, it says judgment day. And he's separating the sheep from the goats, right? And and Jesus says he's going to turn to those on the left and say, "Away with you, you cursed ones, into the eternal fire." And get this, the eternal fire being hell. And and notice that he says eternal fire. Uh, I'll talk more about this in just a minute, but I'll just briefly mention it here. I, when I was in Bible college, I had to do um, a debate on whether hell is eternal or if it's temporary. Not that hell exists or not. Because I'm establishing the fact right now that hell exists. But I had to do a paper on, or a debate on, uh, whether uh, hell was eternal or temporary. Well, just right off the bat here, out of Jesus' mouth, he says, The king will turn to those on the left and say, Away with you, you cursed ones. These are the ones who never accepted Jesus. These are the ones that didn't have a relationship with Jesus. And he says, into the eternal fire prepared for the devil and his demons. Eternal fire. Just like heaven is eternal, hell is eternal. But why was hell even uh, made in the first place? Right here, Jesus says, it, hell was prepared for the devil and his demons. That That's originally where hell came from. It wasn't meant for us. It was meant for the devil and his demons. Revelation 21 8. Uh, uh, it says, But as for the cowardly, the faithless, the detestable, as for murderers, the sexual, sexually immoral, sorcerers, idolaters, and all liars, their portion will be in the lake that burns with fire and sulfur, which is 
the second death. Revelation 20, verse 10, And the devil who had deceived them was thrown into the lake of fire and sulfur, where the beast and the false prophet were, and they will be tormented day and night forever. So he, you, you, you see a place of flames smelling like sulfur, nasty smell, nasty smell, because stuff is burning, but it doesn't burn up. And when I mean stuff is burning, I mean people, people who, and, and demons and, and the devil, people who reject Jesus and, and they, they, they never had a relationship with Jesus. And, and when they die and they face judgment and they're sent to eternal separation. And just like Jesus is telling the Pharisees this parable, and he says the, the rich man is in a place of torment. He says, he says they will be tormented day and night forever and ever in other words it's eternal the suffering is eternal revelation 20 verse 15 and if anyone's name was not found written in the book of life first of all i'll stop right there how does our names get around get written in the book of life when we accept jesus christ and we just covered this matter of fact in in, in a few chapters ago in luke but if 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 we when we give our lives to Jesus Christ and we're washed in the blood and we make, make him our Lord and Savior and we die to ourselves, we're buried in baptism in water and we're baptized in that watery grave and we come up, we are a new creation in Christ. Jesus, in, in the parables in Luke 15, he talks about how there's a big party in heaven and the angels are rejoicing. That is when our names are written in the book of life. And in if we never give our lives to Jesus Christ and we don't have the blood of Jesus Christ washing away our sins, our names are never written in that book. And, and if we die and our names have, have never been recorded in the book of life and we die without the blood of Jesus Christ, we'll be found in Revelation 2015. If anyone's name was not found written in the book of life, he was thrown or she was thrown into the lake of fire. There's four verses right there that that talk about hell and hell being eternal. And it's a place of torment. It is, a, it is not a place that you want to spend eternity in. Why would anybody choose hell? over heaven why would anybody choose to be with the, the devil and his angels for or his demons for eternity when we can be with god and, and and be in heaven for eternity praising jesus praising the father praising the holy spirit for what they have done for us and and, and, and what jesus has done for us on the cross and coming out of that tomb victorious three days later and and, and taking the keys to death hell and the grave um I mentioned a while ago that I had to write a paper and I had to debate a topic that hell is uh, eternal versus hell being temporary. I, I, there, I just don't understand. People have done it, obviously, but because they've written books about it and people believe this. But I just don't understand how we just read the words of Jesus and we just read some verses out of Revelation that talk about hell being eternal. So I don't know if people just want to say it's it's temporary and you just die and and, and you're gone for good. Uh, that's that's not scriptural. Um, maybe they want to feel that way because you know they're trying to limit suffering because nobody wants to suffer. Nobody wants to be in pain. Pain sucks. Um, but 
the fact of the matter is when we read scripture, when you break down the Bible and what Jesus says about hell and what the Bible says about hell, hell is eternal. It is absolutely eternal. And I, for the life of me, I don't understand why people choose to go to hell because God does not send anybody to hell. People choose to go to hell. People choose to, to either serve Christ or reject Christ. And when we choose to reject Christ and what he's done for us on the cross and in, in that in coming out of that tomb three days later, when we choose to reject that message, the gospel, we are choosing hell over heaven. We are choosing the devil over Jesus. And I do not understand why people make that choice, but they do it every single day. And it just blows my mind and it's and it's terribly sad. So um Jesus says in this in this parable, he says, There in torment he saw Abraham, the rich man did. He saw Abraham in the far distance with Lazarus at his side, and the rich man shouted, Father Abraham. No, he shouted, Father Abraham, have some pity on me. Send Lazarus over here and dip the tip of his finger in, in water and cool my tongue. I'm in anguish in these flames. But Abraham said to him, Son, remember that during your lifetime you had everything you wanted, and Lazarus had nothing. So now he is here being comforted and you're in anguish. And besides, there's a great chasm separating us. No one can cross over to you from here and no one can cross over to us from there. So although there's this great separation going on in between these two places where the rich man is and where Lazarus and Abraham is and Abraham's what they call Abraham's bosom, it was the place of the dead before Jesus died on the cross. And if you remember when uh, I believe it's in, in Matthew's Gospel when Jesus, and if you don't remember, if you've never read this before, it's it, it it's mind-blowing. But when um, Jesus died on the cross, there was a resurrection. And, and in my opinion, uh, it was it was the people who were in Abraham's bosom. I think Jesus went down there and freed these people who were looking forward to the Messiah. All those people that were faithful to God in the Old Testament we're hanging out in the place of the dead, what we call Abraham's bosom. But that's a, a, a very deep study and, and uh, for another podcast. And, but it's interesting to, to look up and read and, and to talk about. So uh, um, there's this great chasm between the two, and yet they could have a conversation with each other. They could see what was going on uh, with with each other. And and but, but while I, I want to... to really hone in on it is how um uh there is a, that this place where the rich man is is a a place of torment it, it it's matter of fact when jesus was one of the times that jesus is talking about hell he mentions this phrase he says where the worm dies not and i believe that's the king james version but what he says where the worm dies not in other words you if, if you are in hell for eternity and you're in these flames but you're not burning but yet you are burning but you're not burning up you're you, you, you know flames when you get burned it hurts it literally i mean it hurt i couldn't imagine you know getting so hot that your you know your skin's melting and, and things like that but that's that that's the way it is you, you're you're in, literally in flames you're smelling sulfur you're smelling these things burn and you're smelling flesh and you're all this just nasty stinky rotten and stuff it's just burning and 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 you're in horrible pain and this guy's saying please just let him touch 
my tongue with a few drops of water to cool from this torment. But but Jesus said the torment, it, 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 it's where the worm dies not. And this is going on for eternity. Um, but what is Jesus talking about when he says where the worm dies not? Well, I think it has something to do with this chasm because they can see what's going on. Now, I, I, I don't, I've never died before. Obviously, I've never been to hell or to heaven, so I, 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 I'm not 100% sure on what I'm about to say. But maybe, just maybe, they can see what's going on. Maybe they can peer into heaven and see what they missed out on, see the choice that they, they made and how they rejected Jesus when they had a chance to uh, accept him while they were here on the earth. And they rejected the message. They rejected Jesus. And so uh, they're there in torment. And, and, and part of that worm dying not perhaps could be them wishing that they had another opportunity, which will never come, by the way. There's never a second opportunity to accept Jesus. Once you die and you, are, and you enter eternity, there are no second chances. Despite what anybody tells you, the Bible does not support second chances. It just does not exist. We have to accept Christ while we are here on this earth, while we are alive and breathing. And if we reject Jesus, we pay the price. That's just the way it is. And, and that price is eternal torment. And Jesus said, it's where the worm dies not. And in, 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 in my opinion, the worm dying not is, is just, why did I just reject Jesus? Why did I choose hell? Why did I choose eternal punishment when I could have accepted Jesus and lived for Jesus and, and and I could be up there in heaven with my friends and family and loved ones and 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 now I'm down here in this place of torment and, and there's no escape because I can't have the blood of Jesus washing my sins away anymore I can't choose him anymore and and, and I could see them in heaven and they're having a big party and they're living it up and I'm down here in this anguish and this torment and these flames and I can't breathe because of all of this nasty burning stuff that just smells like sulfur it's just nasty and i i don't understand why people choose to reject jesus when they when they know what the or can know what the bible says about what happens to them if they reject jesus please don't reject jesus if you hear this message if you've never accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, do it today. The Bible says today is the day of salvation. Contact me at thegroundedpodcast at gmail.com and we'll talk about it. I'll put somebody, I'll put, uh, uh, I'll find somebody in your area that will help you and tell you what you need to do to become a Christian and to start your walk with Jesus. Do not choose hell. And so uh, the rich man He's, he begins to beg and he's interceding for his family. He says, Please, Father Abraham, at least send my father, or at least send him to my father's home, for I have five brothers and I want him to warn them so that they don't end up in this place of torment like me here. The Abraham, but Abraham said, Moses and the prophets have warned them. Your brothers can read what they wrote. And the rich man replied, No, Father Abraham, but if someone is sent to, to them from the dead, then they will repent of their sins and turn to God. But Abraham said, If they won't listen to Moses and the prophets, they won't be persuaded, even if somebody or someone raises rises from the dead. Now, we, we can read the exact warnings. This is what's really cool about this story. We can read the exact warnings that this rich man had and his brothers had in the Old Testament because they were Jews. Jesus is talking to, to, to Jews and he's talking to Pharisees. 
And, and so they, they had uh, the Old Testament, just like we have the Old Testament. They had the law, the Pentateuch, the first five books of the Bible, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy. That is God's law. That is what Moses wrote, and they could read that. We can go back in the Old Testament, the first five books of the Bible, and we can read what, uh, what Moses wrote and how we should live or how the Jews should live to be pleasing to God. And we also have the prophets. We have what David wrote in the Psalms, and there's all kinds of, of uh, prophecies about the Messiah in the book. Uh, in the Psalms, but we have minor prophets, we have major prophets, Elijah and, and, and uh, Elisha and Isaiah and, and, and Jeremiah and Amos and Micah, all of these different prophets throughout the Old Testament who told us how or told the Jews how to live to be pleasing to God. And they and there's over 300 prophecies in the Old Testament about the Messiah, and that's what Jesus. Or that's what Abraham in this parable from Jesus is saying to the rich man. They can go back and they can read what Moses wrote. They can go back and read what the prophet said. And we can do the same thing. So that irks me when people have a Bible and it's and it's just New Testament. And there's no Old Testament. And I'm like, why do you just have the New Testament? That's not all that matters. I mean, yes, it's what matters because Jesus is found in the New Testament and what he'd done for us. And the church began in the book of Acts. And that's what the New Testament is about. But there's all kinds of great stuff in the Old Testament that it, that we can learn from. That's what Paul said, that it, it was our, uh, our, our tutor, our schoolmaster. And, and there's the Old Testament is just awesome. And if you've never read the Old Testament, I just, I compel you to please get out your Bibles and read the Old Testament. There's some hard stuff to read uh, when you're in the laws and, and when you're in Numbers and Deuteronomy and stuff like that, but in uh, Leviticus, but uh, it, it's, it's a lot of Jewish history and there's a lot of great lessons that we can learn from the way Israel responded to God over and over and over again, how God responded uh, to, to Israel as well. But we have the same thing that they have. We can go back and we can read read what Moses said. We can read what the prophet said, and that's what Jesus uh, or Abraham tells this guy. He says, I'm, I'm, "We're not sending anybody from the dead because they can read uh, what they said." And the guy says, "No, Father Abraham. If someone is sent to them from the dead, that that'll convince them that this is real, and they that they need to believe." And and uh, and and. What Abraham says to the rich man here is absolutely crucial. He says, if they won't listen to Moses and the prophets, they won't be persuaded even if someone rises from the dead. And, and, and this is Jesus. Think about this. This is Jesus telling this parable to these Pharisees who continue to reject him. And, and, and here's Jesus saying, this rich man or his brothers, even if somebody rises from the dead and went to tell them and warn them of this place of torment if they continue to re reject god they're not going to believe believe the person who was raised from the dead and we see this exact thing with jesus because pretty soon he's going to be dying on the cross and just a few weeks down the road actually and 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 he he is uh going to be raised from the dead three days later 
Paul says in 1 Corinthians 15 that he was seen over 500 people for 40 days. And then he ascends to the, uh, back to the Father. He sits at the Father's right hand. And the Holy Spirit comes down in Acts 2 and the church begins. And they start telling people about Jesus. And it is the Pharisees and the religious leaders who continue to reject the message of the gospel. And we have a man who has been raised from the dead who died for our sins. And people continue to this day to reject the message. We got men and women who literally were given their lives in the book of Acts with persecution and they were dying for Jesus. They were dying for their belief in him. They were dying for sharing the message about Jesus and trying to spread the message of the gospel. They were literally tortured and, and, and lo- being beheaded, being stoned, beaten, uh, flogged, and and crucified upside down all these different things and tortured and yet they they continue to share the message of the gospel now why would why would we not listen to their message when they were literally given their lives for that message we don't especially in the united states we're not really persecuted for our faith and 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 very rarely do we share jesus which is mind-blowing to me uh but these people were persecuted for their faith and they died for their faith. They died because of their belief in Jesus. And it still goes on in other countries. There's, there's churches that are still underground. You can't even own a Bible. You can't even have a page out of a Bible. And what they're doing is they're ripping a page out of a Bible and they're memorizing it and they're passing it on around so that they can have God's word in their hearts. And yet we sit in our homes and we got five to ten copies of, of, of the Bible and they're sitting around collecting dust. We don't think anything about it. And yet there's people uh, across the pond who are, are, are giving their life for it on a daily basis. They're literally being put in prison on a daily basis because they own a Bible. And, 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 and we just take it for granted. A lot like uh, the Pharisees did. And, and that's what... Jesus is trying to get their attention here because the rich man, the Pharisees, they just ignore the poor. They ignore the needs of those people. And matter of fact, they oppress those people as well. And uh, they, the, 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 they, the Pharisees, they had everything, but they shared nothing. They let people beg for table scraps, if you will. And yet they wouldn't, Jesus said they wouldn't even lift a finger to help the poor and the needy. They constantly rejected the pleas of, of the poor and the oppressed for help. And yet after death came, everything would be different. They will be the ones who are begging for relief while the poor are sitting in heaven with Jesus. Those who put their trust in him will beg for help no more. Now I want you to think about this. The Pharisees knew the law. They knew what the prophets said. They taught scripture. They knew scripture like the back of their hands. And yet they didn't live it. Their heart, and that's what the whole point of Luke 14, Luke 15, and Luke 16 is. Jesus is saying, your heart's not right. Your heart's not right. Your heart's not right. Get your heart right. It doesn't matter how much scriptures that we know. We can memorize the whole Bible. We can quote scripture left and right. But if our hearts are not right, it does not matter. It's just words on a page. 
the, the words of, of, of this book, God's word, it has to transform us. It has to renew our minds. It has to renew our hearts. There has to be a change, a change of attitude. Let this mind, let this attitude be in you that is in Christ Jesus. Well, how can we know what kind of attitude that Jesus had? Well, we read about him in the Gospels. And we read about what he did and, and how he was and how his heart was. And he has shown us the example of God's heart. Therefore, we have to allow the Holy Spirit to shape and mold us into the image of Jesus. And that's what he's telling the Pharisees here. He says, you, you, you have not let God mold your hearts. You're selfish. Uh, you, you, you don't know anything about humility and, and you're greedy and it, the list goes on and on and on and on. He says, you look the part on the outside, but on the inside you are full of dead men's bones. And I, I can't stress enough that I hope and pray that if you hear this message that or this lesson, that you give your life to Jesus Christ if you've never given your life to Christ. And that your that your sins be forgiven, and that the Holy Spirit would dwell inside you, and that He will teach you, and lead you, and guide you into all truth, and that you will allow the message of of God's Word to transform your mind and to transform your heart into becoming more like Jesus. Does that mean you're ever going to sin again? Absolutely not. We will sin again, but we have an advocate with the Father who is sitting at His right hand. And he is making intercession for his people. And, and, and as John says, we continue to walk with Jesus. The blood of Jesus Christ continually washes away our sin. And if we reject that message of Jesus, we will spend eternity forever and ever and ever and ever and ever in a place called hell, which is a place of torment. Why would anybody choose hell over heaven why would anybody choose the devil over jesus it makes absolutely no sense you have a choice today i have a choice today we can choose to be like the pharisees that jesus is slamming or we could choose to be like this poor man who uh put their tr his trust in god and and when death came he was sitting with abraham getting ready to to go into heaven and be with god for eternity we can choose like the 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 pharisees we can choose to be selfish or we can choose to be like jesus and be selfless to meet the needs of the poor not reject them not ignore them but to help meet them with the resources that god has given us that's the parable of the shrewd manager that we studied about in last podcast or you know we can be like the pharisees and choose to be proud or we can choose to be like jesus and be humble we can choose to hoard our things, our blessings that God has given us, or we can give them away to others who are in need. We can choose to ignore the cries of those who are in need, or we can choose to meet uh, the needs of those people and answer their cries. And I, I can go on and on and on and on, but I think you get the point. The point is we have to have a change of heart. We have to have the heart of God. We have to have the heart of Jesus and we have to allow his Holy Spirit to transform our hearts, to transform our minds into the likeness, into the image of Jesus. So what's your choice today? What are you going to do? Are you going to choose Jesus or are you going to be like the Pharisees and reject Jesus? Are you going to ignore him or are you going to live 
for him? Are you going to live like him? Because where you spend eternity depends on your choice. And you've already made that choice. What choice have you made? God bless you. Thank you for listening today. In the next podcast, we'll pick up with Luke 17. And it actually is going to shift focus. Uh, and, and, and we're going to get off the Pharisee stuff. But we're getting closer and closer to the cross. It's coming up soon. And the resurrection. So God bless you. Thank you for hanging out with me today on the Grinded Podcast. On the Grinded Podcast. God bless you. Keep grinding. Thank you for listening to the Grinded Podcast today. May God bless you. If you have any comments or questions, you can email them to us at thegrinditpodcast at gmail.com. If you would like Randy to come and speak at your church or your next event, you can contact him through that same email address. Also, I would like to thank Jody Foster's Army, also known as JFA, for their song, Abba, as we use for our intro and our outro off their untitled 1984 album. May God bless you, and remember, keep your eyes on Jesus and keep grinding.